Welcome to He That Hath Ears, Listen Podcast. My name is Dave Krupa, a Christian and student of the Bible. Each episode, I will share lessons I learned from God's Word to help on the Christian journey in everyday life. Thanks for spending some time exploring the Bible with me today. Now, let's listen. So, I have to be honest today. I've had the very rough month in my life. And I'm not going to spend time telling you about my problems because I'm sure you don't want to hear about my problems. As I was sitting thinking about the last few weeks, I noticed a sign that's been on my bookshelf for quite some time although I probably never really paid attention to it that much before. But it seemed to make sense today. And that sign reads, Difficult roads often lead to beautiful destinations. When I think about the words that that sign is saying, I'm taken back a few years ago where my wife and I were going to take a trip to Florida. It was the first time we were going to spend an entire month in Florida, and it was going to be the first time that we were towing our fifth-wheel camper to this new campground in Florida. So this was happening, if I remember correctly, around about in February. And we drove up to our property where we keep our camper. And unfortunately, when we got there, uh, we realized there was a lot more snow where we were keeping it than where we actually live. And so we spent the entire day digging out a path in the snow just to get our camper out. And finally, after a long day of plowing in in the freezing cold, um, we hooked our camper up and and we were on our way. Now, we had planned to do this in three phases. Um, Our first stop was going to be in North Carolina, followed by another stop in Georgia, and then finally on to Florida. And things were going pretty smoothly. No bad weather. Our truck and our camper were doing well. Got to North Carolina, check, everything's fine. Georgia, check. Third day, we take off from Georgia, heading to Florida. We're going to make it on time without an incident. Somewhere in in rural Georgia on I-95 South, a truck passed us and and a loud bang happened. What was that? I mean, our truck still seemed fine. There wasn't a loss of power or anything. I said, well, that truck must have backfired or something while it was passing us. Only then I looked in the side mirror to see something flinging out of our camper behind us. Oh my goodness, we have a flat. Now, We've towed RVs for many, many, many years and never experienced a flat tire before. That's something I'm pretty particular about. 
So I quickly pulled us off the side of the road before the radial tire destroyed everything. Unfortunately, it wasn't on the most level ground. And when I got out and assessed the situation, I really didn't feel at all comfortable jacking up our trailer because it was leaning pretty severely. And and we're on the side of 95 and, you know, there's a lot of traffic on that road. And my wife said, hey, remember we purchased that roadside assistance. Let's call them. So I called them. Sure, Mr. Krupa, we'd be happy to assist you. Can you tell me where you're at? Uh, I have really no idea. I'm on I-95 south in Georgia below Savannah. Well, can you ask your phone where you're at? Uh, well, I can, but I'm talking to you on my phone. Well, I know we just passed about six miles of road construction, and as I said, I'm on I-95 south below Savannah. Okay, sir, we'll send someone out. Do you have a spare tire? Well, matter of fact, I do. About an hour and a half later, help arrives. The gentleman changes the tire, I sign the paperwork, and we're on our way. Unfortunately, though, now I'm really nervous about every little noise we hear. So we pull into a rest area about 40 minutes down the road. Number one, just to calm my nerves. And number two, make sure everything is okay. Oh, no. I don't seem to have any brakes on the trailer. Now, our trailer's roughly around 12,000 pounds. Sure enough, something happened, and we didn't have any trailer brakes. After looking at our options, we decided just to push on. The Florida sunshine, after all, in the middle of February, was worth taking the risk. Now, this meant going through the city of Jacksonville without any trailer brakes, and that's white knuckle for sure. Thankfully, by the grace of God, we arrived at our campground. How was your trip, sir? <laughs> well, it's not pleasant, but we're here and we're in one piece and it's 80 degrees in the middle of February. It's well worth it. Consider a similar travel story. That of Israel, who had endured hundreds of years of slavery in Egypt. And when God freed them through his servant Moses via the ten plagues and parting the Red Sea, they must have thought they'd arrive in the land of their dreams, the promised land, in no time at all. But sure enough, they hit snags along the way. The journey takes too long, and they turn to other idols and gods to speed up the process. The proverbial straw breaks the camel's back when they reach the promised land and send spies to scout the area. When the spies realize that the fortified city and its people within are very intimidating, all but Caleb and Joshua, two of the spies, 
try to dissuade the Israelites from going into the new land, as we see in Numbers chapter 32. Because of their own egos, disobedience, and forgetfulness of God's promises, God delays their entry into the promised land by 40 years. Aside from Caleb and Joshua, anyone over a certain age would not see the promised land, since their generation didn't exercise a strong faith in God and His provisions. In the deserts, the Israelites had run low on provisions. It it gets to the point they longed for the good old days. God, seeing their need for food, provides manna and quail daily until they enter the promised land. God understood that the desert was temporary for Israel. From this, I think we can learn that God meets us where we are. We might be waiting on a job or living paycheck to paycheck, but God provides for us both in the desert and in the promised land. What about your Christian journey? Has it all been smooth sailing? Or have you dealt with not doing things you used to do? Not participating in the things you found enjoyable at one time? Have you been made fun of? Have you been avoided at family picnics or gatherings? Have you observed people whispering around you? Or a conversation suddenly stops when you walk in the room? Sometimes the road of Christianity is difficult. Yet we must remember what our God has promised. The proverb writer writes in Proverbs 3 verses 5 and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not rely on your own understanding. Acknowledge Him in all your ways, and He will make your path straight. For I am confident of this very thing, that He who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6. From these scriptures, I'm reminded of the lesson the Israelites were taught in the desert. God will provide in our time of challenge as well as our time of blessing. When I was a kid, my parents used to play a song. I think it was by Tammy Wynette. I'm not 100% sure. But the song said, I never promised you a rose garden. In my study of the Bible, I find nowhere that God promises us an easy road. In fact, we need to remember what our Lord said in John 16 and 33. These things I have spoken to you, so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation. But take courage, I have overcome the world. The refining pot is for silver and the furnace for gold, but the Lord tests hearts, Proverbs 17 and 3. 
challenges and difficulties are to be expected, for we are in the world. But we need to understand we have assistance. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Romans 8 and 28. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. Colossians 2, verses 6 and 7. This road we call Christianity may be difficult at times, but the destination is totally worth it. Turn your Bibles to Revelations chapter 21. Look at the first four verses. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and there is no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and he will dwell among them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be among them, and he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will no longer be any death. There will no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. Jump down to verse 10. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. Her brilliance was like a very costly stone, as a stone of crystal clear jasper. It had a great and high wall with twelve gates, and at the gates twelve angels. And names were written on them, which were the names of the twelve tribes of the sons of Israel. There were three gates on the east, and three gates on the north, and three gates on the south, and three gates on the west. And the wall of city had twelve foundation stones, and on them were the twelve names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. The one who spoke with me had a gold measuring rod to measure the city and its gates and its wall. The city is laid out as a square, and its length is as great as its width. And he measured the city with the rod fifteen hundred miles. Its length and width and height are equal. And he measured its wall, 72 yards, according to human measurements, which are also angelic measurements. The material of the wall was jasper, and the city was pure gold, like clear glass. The foundation stones of the city wall were adorned with every kind of precious stone. The first foundation stone was jasper, the second sapphire, the third chalcedony, the fourth emerald, and the fifth sardonyx, 
the sixth sardius, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysoprase, the eleventh jasonith, the twelfth amethyst, and the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Each one of the gates was a single pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass. I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb are its temple. And the city has no need of the sun or of the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God has illumined it, and its lamp is the Lamb. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. In the daytime, for there will be no night there, its gates will never be closed, and they will bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. And nothing unclean, and no one who practices abomination and lying shall ever come into it but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. I don't know about you, but that sounds like it's worth it. That is a beautiful destination. A while back ago, I had a most impactful conversation. It was with a person who didn't believe in all of this religious stuff, and I'm withholding the name to protect the innocent. It went something like this. Person, science has proven that all that Bible stuff is a myth, and as such, you're sacrificing the pleasures of the only life you're going to have to live. As the adage goes, Dave, carpe diem, seize the day. We live in a time that offers so many luxuries of life, yet you're depriving yourself. For what? At the end of the day, people die, and that's it. You will have not allowed yourself to get the most out of the short time you have, and that's very sad. Well, if you're correct, I will have lived my life with integrity, respect, conservatism, appreciation, and discipline. I believe you would agree these are notable characteristics. We hold people in high esteem that have those characteristics. So if I'm wrong, and you're right, there's no downside from my stripe on the ball. But if I'm right, and you're wrong... What are the downsides to your decisions and the way you have lived your life? As for me, I'm going to err on the side of safety. You can call me crazy, but it's a risk I'm not willing to take. Indeed, leading a Christian life is full of ups and downs, trials and tribulations but it is also filled with an ever-growing sense of awe and gratitude when we take the time to really reflect on how God has been with us in our time of challenge and our time of blessing.
hopefully you have seen difficult roads do lead to a beautiful destination. Unfortunately, there are far too few willing to travel the road. Enter through the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who enter through it. For the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life. And there are few who find it. Matthew chapter 7 verses 13 and 14. listening. W. Clement Stone wrote, That which you share multiplies, that which you withhold diminishes. If you found this podcast enjoyable, share the link with someone you care about.